Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. The cost of borrowing for the EU's third largest economy is soaring. Italian bond yields or the interest rates payable for the government in Rome are around 4%. They were just above zero three years ago. As we mentioned earlier, bond yields are rising for most Eurozone economies, including Ireland. And that's probably starting to worry the powers that be in the EU and the European Central Bank. Joining me now to discuss Italy and the Eurozone is Federico Santi from the Eurasia think tank. Buongiorno, Federico. Buongiorno. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Should we be worried about soaring bond yields in Italy? Yeah, I think uh, what we're seeing in markets this week is is definitely concerning, particularly from Italy's standpoint. Um, economic growth is slowing. The ECB is raising interest rates. And uh, as you rightly pointed out, borrowing costs for heavily indebted Southern European economies, Italy in particular, are rising sharply. Um, at a time, of course, when public finances are already heavily stretched as a result of the pandemic. And uh, Indeed, those of us who covered the Eurozone crisis a decade a decade ago cannot help but seeing some strong parallels with those days. Now, uh, this is not to say that a new Eurozone crisis is imminent. Um, I think there are some reasons uh, for optimism. For one, Italian banks are in much better shape than they were at the time. Um, the ma- average maturity of Italian public debt is a lot longer than it was back then. And the Eurozone as a whole has developed tools as a result of the last crisis that are designed to deal precisely with the sort of uh, situation. But in some ways, this is starting to feel a lot like 2011 all over again. Yeah, I I was one of those journalists who uh, covered the Eurozone meltdown and I got a chance to visit Italy, beautiful Italy. uh, And I saw the meltdown going on in the banks. As you say, they are in a different position. A lot of the really damaged banks have been kind of taken care of, for the want of a better phrase. But the country's debt mountain, the Italian uh, debt to GDP, kind of the the overdraft, so not the overdraft, but the mortgage is around 150%. And the budget deficit is also worrying. I wonder which is the more worrying, a rising budget deficit or 150% debt to GDP for Italy? I'd say I'd say both, right? And especially in, in combination with the uh, noticeable slowdown in, in growth as a result of uh, mainly the conflict in, in uh, Ukraine. And uh, as I mentioned, this comes on the back of very severe crisis caused by COVID, which in essence erased a lot of the progress that that was made in uh, improving public finances since the Eurozone crisis, given the huge amounts that governments all over the world and Europe had to spend in order to prop up their economies. And this is why uh, this mix of economic data that we're seeing is so toxic. Um, and when you look at how governments are responding, the difference with the COVID crisis with early 2020 is is quite stark. Um, the first few months of 2020 saw massive public spending, uh, again, to support their economy at that very difficult time, combined with massive monetary easing by the European Central Bank uh, to counter the effects of the pandemic. Today, it's quite the opposite, in fact. And the, the big reason for that, of course, is the sharp rise in inflation, uh, which creates a very difficult conundrum for policymakers who are, on the one hand, at pains to you know, support growth through you know, more public spending uh, and monetary policy as well, but they don't want to encourage even faster rate 
increases in prices. So this is why this is uh, so intractable, I think, from an economic policy standpoint. Would you say that the Eurozone has held up better than you expected, uh, given the huge public spending that you spoke about during lockdowns? I mean, it's, it's almost as if, Federico, people aren't worried about debt anymore, whereas they were three years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think the Eurozone responded well to the COVID crisis. Um, not only uh, there was massive public spending at the national level, but also uh, for the first time, the European Union undertook massive common borrowing, uh, meaning that the EU would borrow large amounts of money, then lend, or sometimes actually give uh, grants to member states in order to support their economies during the pandemic uh, at, at very cheap uh, rates. Um, and in general, you know, governments had a lot of leeway at the time to spend more because rates were so low at the time, um, European Central Bank rate, rates and rates in the markets, whereas now we're seeing a sharp increase, which is why governments' room for maneuver is becoming a lot more uh, constrained. Um, in Italy's case, this is also compounded by growing domestic political uncertainty, another similarity to, you know, um, the early part of the decade. Oh, that's very interesting uh, because I wonder whether the borrowing rates would be even higher for Rome if uh, Mario Draghi, the former boss of the European Central Bank, wasn't the prime minister of Italy. I think that certainly helps. Uh, there is a uh, competent, trusted, technocratic leadership in place with a very broad majority in parliament. Uh, and he was appointed precisely to you know, steer the country through the last months of the pandemic and undertake economic reforms, which indeed he is doing. I think the problem is that uh, there's elections coming into view next year and Draghi won't be in power for much longer. Um, and this is a key sort of risk factor that we've been focusing on for some time. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's quite likely that the election will produce a coalition government dominated by far-right Eurosceptic parties. So, you know, quite quite Salvini. the opposite from what we have now. Yeah, Salvini's, um, Lega has not been doing so well, and they're actually part of Draghi's coalition government, surprisingly. It's the main opposition, uh, Brothers of Italy, so-called, after you know, the mm. first line of the national anthem that, that's been benefiting from, from all this. They're the, effectively the only major opposition party, and this is uh, played to their advantage. Okay. Um, Federico, we're going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much for, uh, for getting up early to talk to us. That's Federico Santi from the Eurasia Think Tank. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.